So uh, I wasn't with you last week. I was at a training thing on this board that I'm on with our denomination. And so I do want to say Happy New Year. Um, I know some, some folks I haven't seen since last year. Be amazed at that. Um, and just the thing, if you're wondering why pe- some people have like Hawaiian lays on, it's not because they're crazy, though some of them may be. Um, it's because we just had a, a brunch, we called it brunch, a pre-service brunch before the service, got together with like a Hawaiian kind of luau theme, despite the snow that was coming down outside, so we had a great time. Thanks everybody for coming, and um, thanks for keeping the tropical spirit, even though it's going to be like sub-zero temperatures this week. Is everybody ready for that? Yeah, right? Say our friends from upstate New York who know what that's like. Um, So I'm Pastor Chris. If it's your first time with us, um, I'm glad that you've chosen to worship with us today. Um, There's you guys online as well. We're so glad that you're with us. I know we have a lot of people that have all the things, meaning all the sicknesses, and they've decided to keep them to themselves. Praise the Lord. So thank you for worshiping online. We're glad that you're with us. Um, So we are starting a new series today. So if you are new, then um, I want to say welcome to um, as well. But we're starting a new series. But um, before I introduce it, I do want to tell you a little bit about where the idea came up from, where the idea came up. So um, every year, every couple months, I do some sermon planning series kind of things. I ask people some questions of like kind of, should we go this direction or that direction? I was coming up with like a plan for the new year. And I had to go to Dollar Tree so Dollar Tree, one of my favorite places, I don't know, everything, now it's a dollar twenty-five, right? It's, it's all good, dollar twenty-five tree. But um, anyway, so I had to go to Dollar Tree, like right down, down in New Cumberland, and um, pick up a couple things uh, before Christmas and that kind of thing. And of course, Dollar Tree has this like long aisle with all the snacks in it, right? You can't go wrong, dollar twenty-five, whatever, you get your, your jujubes as well as your chips and whatever. But I have to say, I'm a popcorn fan. I don't know if we have any popcorn fans in the house, but I'm a popcorn fan, and I've got some hands waving in the back. Popcorn fan, I go down that snack aisle, and lo and behold, I pick up my popcorn bag, and I turn it over, and I see this, and kind of read it. There's a scripture on the bag giving me a sign. You'll keep him in perfect peace whose mind has stayed on you because he trusts in you from Isaiah 26. Three, and I'm like... Oh my gosh, a sign from God, <laughs> right? Not a series on popcorn necessarily, but um, isn't it funny how like God sends us signs and things and messages and um, it was just so happened at that moment, I was a little bit stressed with just some things going on, getting ready for all the, all the activities that we had here at the church and whatnot. And I was like, I need God's peace right now. And lo and behold, brims popcorn, God uses, right? It's, it's pretty awesome. Um, but I was thinking about that, how many of us are looking for signs from God. And we do. We want to know what God thinks. Um, and, and many times we want a clear sign. We want a clear sign. Kind of that, that sense of God's purpose and plan, a sense of where God is pointing in that right direction. And, and I think, truthfully, a lot of us can resonate with that. A lot of us can resonate with that, that we have moments in our life that we want God to show us which way that we should go, and, and, and so to send us a sign. And I was thinking about that in my own life, how the time and time again, you know, there's been kind of these like decision points and these times of, of uh, decision or cho- uh, choices to be made. Um, even when I was starting in ministry and I was starting to take classes, I was working a full-time job as an environmental scientist, and one of my mentors was like, 
Chris, you're a learner. You should like quit your job and go to seminary full time and get a degree and all that. And I'm like, uh, I don't know. Like, hey, God, like, give me a sign. And so um, he did. He did. I applied for scholarships and lo and behold, I got one. And I was like, oh, Lord. Now I got to do it, right? I got to do all that stuff. Give me a sign. Um, even here um, at Table Life Church, when we were um, deciding and really praying about starting this ministry called the Supper Table, um, which is a free community dinner we do mo- once a month, we were looking for like a location. We really felt God was calling us to do this, and some of us were praying about this. And um, lo and behold, uh, the doors of the Lemoyne Community Building opened to us free of charge to have the community meal. Like, talk about a sign, right? Sometimes free things open doors. Um, but also, like, personally, too, when I've, I've had some difficult health decisions that I've had to make, I've, I've, I've prayed, and, and God has really shown up and shown me what to do in those ways. Um, even this, this board of ministry that I serve on for our, our district, for our denomination, um, anybody that knows me really well knows that I hate meetings, I really do. I love you all, but I hate meetings. And, um, and this was like a year full of meetings, like four years full of meetings. And um, I was praying about being, somebody nominated me, and I was like, oh, Lord. And I talked to a, a, a pastor mentor of mine who's a little bit further down the road, and he's like, Chris, I think you should do it. I think they need somebody like you. And I'm like, oh, our meetings in my life, like weekends full of meetings and whatnot. And lo and behold, I decided to go that direction. And last weekend, we had a really great uh, weekend with these people that are starting to become pastors and entering the process, and God has just shown up in that way. But but just think about that. Have have you ever had that in your own life? Maybe you've come to one of those points and you've asked for a sign, you've asked for direction, um, that you're facing a decision, um, a crossroads, and and you turn to God for direction and guidance and some kind of sign to show you the way. Well, we as human beings, I think we do desire. signs from God. Sometimes they look like billboards. Sometimes they don't. They're just very small things that show up um, that we want to know that God cares and he's active in our lives. Um, and, And so on the same time, at the same time, figuring out what is a sign from God and, um, as well as kind of differentiating that from other voices is a very hard thing to do. It can be a very hard thing to do. So today we're going to begin a series where we're going to explore those kinds of questions together. Um, questions of how do we gain a better sense of God's direction in our everyday lives? Um, how do we know something is a sign from God as opposed to maybe just that Mexican food that we ate the night before? Or, <laughs> something, or just uh, something that somebody has told us in some way? Um, does God offer us signs? How do we see them differentiate? How do we trust them and to begin to follow them? And so today we're going to start off with a really kind of base level practical question. Um, and that question is, does God really give us signs? Does God really give us signs? I think we need to answer that question first before we explore anything else. You know, does the God of the universe really care about our lives? Does he really care about being involved with us? Um, and so just a spoiler alert here, I'm going to spoil the sermon and tell you right up front, my answer for you, this is coming from me, is yes. Yes. That God, I believe in a God who cares about us, and he is involved and active in our lives, and he does actively guide and direct us quite regularly. Um, and, and so at the same time, you might say, well, how do you know that? Like, Pastor Chris, like, how can you be so confident of that? Well, I think the first thing that's probably the most important thing 
is that it's what Jesus promises us. It's what Jesus promises us. You know, me aside and my feelings, it's what Jesus promises us. And many of you know the story um, that, that before Jesus went to the cross, you know, he, he um, rose to ministry and was discipling these, these 12 people that he called to follow him. He's doing that for three years. And, um, but before he went to the cross, before he was arrested and tried and accused and, and, and crucified, um, Jesus celebrated a last supper, a last meal with his disciples. And it was part of the Passover celebration that all the Jews of the time were celebrating. This is a selfie that Jesus took during that last supper. Um, yeah, isn't that great? That's like AI generated, which is kind of creepy. But um, anyway, but, but he gathered for a meal with his disciples and, um, and he did what makes sense, what really makes sense, that he crammed a whole bunch of teachings into that time that he really wanted them to know, things that he wanted to pass on to them, to, for them to remember. And at this time, they didn't know or understand that he was going to die the next day. And so he shares important things with them. And you can see as you read the scripture in, in the Gospel of John that the disciples were super confused about everything that he was saying. You know, not something new. They've been confused a long time there. But here, Jesus is saying that his physical death was not going to be the end, that they would still continue to hear from him, that they would see him again, that he would come back, and he would be with them physically in a real way, and that they would hear from him even after he would leave them for good. He would still lead them. And you could tell the whole time as you're reading this and kind of imagining what that was like around the table that they just didn't get it. There's all these questions, you know, who's going to be at the right hand of you, Jesus, when you come to your kingdom, and like, what's it like, I'm going to go with you to death, like, okay, like, they just didn't get it, and they're like, how is this going to work, Jesus? So, so during the meal, Jesus offers this teaching, you can find this in John chapter 16, uh, starting in verse 12. So he says this, Jesus is speaking, he says, I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he'll guide you into all the truth. He'll not speak on his own. He'll speak only what he hears, and he'll tell you what is yet to come. He'll glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That's why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. So, so this is a very easy teaching to kind of zoom through. You know, you're reading about the Last Supper and Jesus, and you just kind of like keep going and that kind of thing and not really think about. But I think it really does have implications for uh, thinking about how and when God does show up in our lives. You know, so the question is, well, how does this, what does this have to teach us about signs from God? Well, I think the first thing is that when it comes to signs from God, signs point us to the next step. They point us to the next step. Um, they point to the next step, but not the entirety of the entire plan. You know, not the whole staircase. You know, so what do I mean? Well, I think the first thing you notice in this passage is Jesus alludes to the fact that the disciples are not supposed to know everything that's up ahead. They're not supposed to know everything. You know, and that, and that in other words, all of us will regularly arrive at crossroads in life and it's normal to puzzle over it. Just because, you know, you're, you're seeking God's will, just because you're following Jesus, doesn't mean there's not going to be, ta be times that you're, like, really confused and frustrated and, and trying to figure things out, you know. And, and it's for a good reason. 
Because, you know this about yourself, if you knew everything, chances are you would never take another step. <laughs> Think about your own life, you know, during those decision-making times. Like, had you known what was ahead, you probably would have done nothing, right? But you didn't. It was actually a good thing not to know. You know, I think about this regularly, like, like I'm a kind of person, if you know me, I, I, I want to know how everything turns out. I want to know that there's a happy ending at the end for me and for my relationships and for ministry and for hockey games. I want to know that there's a good ending there and what's going to happen. I want to know the whole story and how it turns out. You know, I'm the kind of person that um, if I'm watching a movie, say like on Netflix or something or Amazon, it's really, really bad. You know, I start watching and I'm like, I don't understand this or I'm totally bored or whatever. I don't just like turn it off, but before I turn it off, I have to fast forward to the end to see what happens. I don't know if you do that. Like, I just have to know. I have to know how it turns out. Like, you know, there was this, this one, um, I don't know, probably, some of y'all probably like this kind of stuff, but it was like the, one of those like end of the world type things and all these things are happening. And I was like, I've seen this before, right? So I'm like, but I need to know what happened. So I like fast forward and like the movie ends with like this woman like reading something on a beach. And I was like, I don't know what just happened there, but at least I know how it ended. So, um, but you have to, you feel like you have to know all those kinds of things. Um, and you and I also know, um, maybe growing up, you know, we also know people who have had a, a sense of the, their whole plan for their whole life since they were 10. Maybe you know someone like that, that they know exactly what school they were going to go to, what they were going to major in, what job they were going to get, where they wanted to move, what they were going to do with it. What they, like, they kind of had like their whole plan and then like you see them like 10, 20 years later and you're like, huh, right? <laughs> Didn't quite happen that way. Like, you know, you had the plan, but it doesn't necessarily turn out like just that next step. Um, I, I, I even remember a time in my own life when um, I was uh, enrolled in the, the first year of not a ministry degree, but in a medical degree, and um, I had finished my first year, and I was uncertain whether I would continue with it. Um, and so um, this is a time in my life that I hadn't been going to church in a long time, and so I started to go back to church. I was living in like, downtown Philadelphia, and um, it was actually the year that the Eagles, did they win the Super Bowl? 2004? Anybody? No, they lost. Yeah, that was sad. I didn't, I just remember like the party beforehand, that's all I remember from that time in my life. Um, anyway, but moving on, so I was trying to figure out what I was going to do with like the next step, should I continue in the medical field, you know, my brother's a doctor, he's a couple years older than me, and I started to go back to church, and um, I decided I was going to meet with one, I was Catholic at the time, and meet with one of the priests there, I really liked this, this little church I was going to, and I remember meeting with this priest and really lamenting, like, you know, I'm not sure if I should keep going, I really don't like it, like, I feel like, you know, internal pressure here, and it was interesting, the priest said to me, many times we want to see the whole plan, but most of the time, Jesus gives us only the next best step. Many times we want to see the entire plan. And many times God just gives us that next best step. And, and we see that in this passage, that Jesus is telling his disciples something I think that's important for us to remember. That we're not going to know the whole plan. And there's no fast forward button to see how the ending, what it turns out for us. Um, but if we did know the outcome of every decision, Jesus is telling his disciples, and I believe he's telling us, that you couldn't handle it now. It's a good thing. It's a good thing to know just the next thing. 
You know, Jesus, instead he tells his disciples that God is going to guide them on a need-to-know basis. God's not going to retreat from the scene, but he is going to guide them. And so, in fact, you not knowing is actually part of the plan. So, so signs point us to the next step, but I think the second thing that the scripture teaches us is also that signs are internal. Signs are internal. You know, sometimes we have this sense that, that God is kind of like, like the director, like he's outside of the movie, outside of the scene, and he kind of like pokes in every now and then when he says, hey, do this, and then he kind of like retreats and he does his own thing or minds the rest of the world's business and, and that kind of thing, and he pokes in every, uh, every once in a while and deals with my stuff. But, but Jesus is saying that's, that's actually not right. Jesus is saying a much different picture of how God is with us. Jesus promises us his constant day-to-day, moment-to-moment presence. In verse 13, Jesus says this, But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he'll guide you into all truth. He'll not speak on his own. He'll speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is to come. See, here Jesus reminds his followers that God is constantly present with us through the Holy Spirit. Constantly, not popping in on, you know, I need you, God, boom, you know, he pops in and fixes things or changes things or whatever. No, he's with us every waking moment. And usually, like, in church circles, we, we don't talk as much about the Holy Spirit as we often do, the God the Father and God the Son, they're, they're all God. But we can't talk about signs from God without really addressing the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. You know, listen for a second how Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit. Because a bit earlier than this passage, a little bit earlier, Jesus says this, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be with you. He also says this, just a couple of verses later, But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've said to you. And then a little bit later in chapter 15, he says this, When the advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about about me. So the, the word Jesus uses here, you hear the word advocate, that's in this translation, New International Version, but the, the, it's actually the uh, translation into English from the Greek word paraclete. Paraclete. Can you guys say that with me? Paraclete. Paraclete. And it means literally the one who goes alongside. The one who goes alongside. But think about that. The God of heaven and earth is alongside you, alongside me. You know, that's so, just imagine it, like that's so cool, like all the time. He's alongside you, with you. You know, in, in other translations, it's, it, the word paraclete is translated to companion, sometimes helper, comforter, even constant friend. You know, but the idea, regardless, is clear that the Spirit of God is with us all the time, regardless of where you are. You know, it's not just when you cry out to God, though he is with you then, It's not just when you're in a time of prayer, though he is with you then, but he's in our deep times of brokenness. He's in our times of joy. He's in you and and directing you every single step of the way. You know, that Jesus says, I will be with you all the time, all the time. You know, a lot of, and a lot of the times the way that God directs us 
is internal, through the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes it's through conviction. Oh, man, I don't think about that. Like, man, I, maybe that's not the right thing to do. Maybe it's just that strange feeling, something you can't shake, maybe some kind of burden in there. Um, sometimes it's a nudge, you know, almost like a tap on the shoulder. Uh, maybe it's, it's when you've been reading scripture, you listen to a, a sermon, or you're in a conversation, and something just like kind of hits you and stands out to you. You're in the, the snack aisle of Dollar Tree, and the popcorn speaks, right? But, but it's true. It's, it's during those times, or maybe it's in that, that time of prayer. You're driving in your car, and you hear a song come on. You feel like, oh gosh, that's for me. I need to listen to that. It's that internal prompting. And of course, um, we're upon uh, Martin Luther, the celebration of Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday tomorrow. Um, many people have a day off, but it's more than that. It's a remembrance of, of uh, Dr. Martin Luther King's life and ministry. And did you know that he was a pastor, not just a, a civil rights leader? And um, in his autobiography, which I highly recommend reading, um, he talks about his call to ministry even before he stepped into the civil rights movement. He came from a, a family line of, of pastors. And um, in one of the chapters, he talks about why he decided to enroll in seminary, why he decided to follow in his father's footsteps, and kind of the reasons for it. And it was more than just this was like a family business types of thing. And he says in, in his autobiography, Martin Luther King says, my call to the ministry was not a miraculous or supernatural something. On the contrary, it was an inner urge calling me to serve humanity. Think about that. Like, the, the start of all that he had accomplished later in his life was responding to an inner urge calling him to serve humanity. Imagine that. That's, that, that internal work that the Holy Spirit does, those internal directions that he gives us through signs. And that's the second thing that Jesus teaches us here, that signs point to the next step, but they're often internal. They're often internal, and it's up to us to, to, be, uh, to pay attention to that. So we're going to talk about next week, about paying attention, about paying attention to those internal promptings. But then I think we, the last thing that we see that Jesus teaches us here in this passage is that signs can be visible. You know, they can be internal, but they also can be visible. And I think one of the hardest parts of faith is that we have to believe without seeing. You know, I can't tell you how many like, conversations I, like, I have with people, great conversations just about like people that are on the edge of faith of following Jesus that are like, ah, but I just don't know because I just don't see him. Like I haven't seen him and I, I want to really believe, but I need to see it all first. You know, and that's a struggle that we have is, is faith without sight. But Jesus promises disciples that he is going to continue to speak, and they will see. They will see him again. In John 16, verse 16, Jesus went on to say, in a little while, you will see me no more, and then after a little while, you will see me. You will see me. But, but imagine, like, he doesn't say how or in what way, but he indicates to his disciples that they will be able to experience him. See, I think the difference in believing, there is a difference in believing Jesus is dead or he continues to be alive. Do, do we see Jesus in the world around us? You know, I believe that we can see God around us, and Jesus points to that, that sometimes signs will be visible. 
they'll be tangible around us. Maybe there are those times of internal promptings, but they will be visible and pointing us in those directions. And if you look in Scripture, you see that there's so many times that God makes himself known. You see the ways, a variety of ways, if you will, about how God shows up in people's lives. These are are listed in your worship guide, by the way, but just quickly, Moses, it's through a bush, right? Imagine that, vegetation speaks. Vegetation, a burning bush. Abraham, Abraham experiences the direction of God and the hospitality of strangers. Strangers, imagine that. Elijah, a still small voice. Peter, Peter receives a vision. Um, Jacob and Joseph in a dream, in dreams. In, In this Christmas story, we see shepherds who actually physically went to see Jesus, the baby Jesus, Later on, we had the Ethiopian eunuch as the disciples are sharing the good news of Jesus and spreading it. And he, he sees and senses the, the sign of God by reading scripture. We see in Jesus' parable, in one of his parables, that we see that, that God, a sign from God is given by serving the least of these, by serving the poor. You know, some people might say that, that those were biblical times, Pastor Chris. Like, oh, well, you know, God doesn't appear those, those ways now. But, but Jesus' promises were not just for the first followers. I think Jesus knew that we would have trouble if we didn't see things, if we didn't encounter people in other ways. Jesus says, I will be present, and I will show my way. And, and so I want to ask you, though, you know, just reflecting back, you know, thinking back, um, have you ever had a moment that you saw or heard from God in a tangible way? You know, maybe it wasn't an audible voice. Maybe it was the voice of someone in your life. Maybe it was through a burning piece of vegetation. I don't know, you know. Maybe it was through an interaction with a stranger. Maybe it was when you were serving at the food pantry or you were helping a neighbor out and cutting their lawn because you knew that they couldn't. Maybe it was in one of those occasions. Uh, I remember when I was um, uh, first kind of going through and figuring out what God was calling me to in this kind of call to ministry, kind of that inner prompting. I was working in an environmental science lab in Maryland and I had a, a friend of mine who was one of our administrators and uh, her name is Brenda. I think I've told a little bit of her story before. But, um, but she had no idea that I was kind of wrestling with feeling called to be a pastor. And so I was doing my job, doing research and all. And I remember, like, the one day, like, we were just having some kind of conversation. You know, you do, like, water cooler type stuff, like, at her desk. And we were just talking about something going on. And she, like, looked at me. And she said, Chris, I'm wondering, do you have a call to ministry? Like, she had no idea absolutely no idea. And like, poof, it was like God was speaking right there in that moment. And I'm like, oh my, now I got to like, once again, do something about it. Like, you know, but have you ever had a moment that you saw or heard from God in that tangible way at that right time, that right place? You know, maybe it has been in a certain dream or timing of things, in someone else's compassion towards you, in wisdom of other people who have come into your life. But Jesus promises we will see him We will hear him if we have eyes to see and ears to hear. We're reminded that Jesus is still alive and he continues to show up. Sometimes he shows up through you and you have absolutely no idea how you might speak into someone else's life or be there for someone. So so the, the question, going back to it, so does God still intervene in our lives 
and give signs? I think the answer is absolutely yes. Absolutely yes. So Jesus tells us first that signs point to the next step. Regularly not knowing is going to be part of the journey. That signs are ongoing and most of the time they're internal. That's how the Holy Spirit speaks. But finally, signs can be visible. They're around us, that we need to look and listen. And so over the next few weeks, I want to dig in and really ask these prompting questions about first, like how do we distinguish signs from God amid lots of other voices vying for our attention? You know, how do we know? How do we have the courage to follow? How do we best pay attention? You know, but friends, the the overriding message here is that you don't face challenges or decisions or hardships alone. That God is present with you and he will help guide you. And and knowing that that many of us, I I think there are probably a lot of us in here that are looking for a sign in one uh, way, shape, or form. And, And I think, once again, that's an encouragement to know that we don't do so alone and that God will respond to those promptings. And so I want to close the message today as we head to the table um, with a prayer, uh, a prayer that was not written by me, but was written by a man named Thomas Merton, who is a theologian. Um, He's written lots of really great writings and and prayers as well. Um, And this is called, appropriately, the Merton Prayer, so you can look it up. But it's also printed in your worship guide, too. So this might be something that, in the midst of a decision, you maybe read on a daily basis. Um, I think he really puts to words a lot of what we've been expressing so far and about um, where Jesus is leading. So I want to ask you to bow your heads, and I'm going to read this prayer for us. My Lord God, I have no idea where I'm going. I do not see the road ahead of me. I cannot know for certain where it will end, nor do I really know myself. And the fact that I think I am following your will does not mean that I am actually doing so. But I believe that the desire to please you does in fact please you. And I hope I have the desire in all that I am doing. I hope that I will never do anything apart from that desire. And I know that if I do this, you will lead me by the right road, though I may know nothing about it. Therefore, will I trust you always, though? I may seem to be lost and in the shadow of death. I will not fear, for you are ever with me. And you will never leave me to face my perils alone. Amen.